Abby D. Thank you for being here. Abby's from Michigan, and um, I believe you've been in OA for since 2016, but looking forward to hear your story. Thank you. Off okay. you go. Thank you so much. Hi, everyone. My name is Abby D. I'm recovered in Michigan today in the Detroit area. Um, grateful to be here today. I always get like my heart starts racing right before I'm like seeing more and more people join. I'm like, ah, oh, but I just have to remember that this is God, God's work that has been done through me and as a service to what has been granted to me. Um, it's my it's a pleasure and it's my duty to to pass it along. So to hopefully help someone else. Um, so I did come in to OA in 2016. I did not have recovery right away. Um, I had a couple of years, probably almost a couple of years, and then a relapse, and then another relapse. And then since 2018, I've been abstinent. So um, it's been about five and a half years, but I had some struggles um, in the beginning. So I'll just start with what it was like. Um, with my story, it's mostly bulimia, although there is overeating, undereating, um, exercise, addiction to exercise, um, obsessively weighing, like, it's just, it's all wrapped up in like body image. And um, I would restrict, but then because I was restricting, I would later on, like be binging my brains out basically. And then I would be so uncomfortable that I would um, need to get rid of it. And so I, I started um, with my bulimia, probably when I was like, I want to say like, 13 or 14. Um, I, a friend like told me how to do it. And I just thought it was like the cure for everything. I was always an overeater. I was a little bit more overweight than my other um, peers when I was in like elementary school and middle school. And then I started, um, I found bulimia and I thought it was my answer basically to this is how I can overeat and not gain weight. Um, meanwhile, it was like destroying my teeth and my throat and um my mom was is my dental hygienist so it was really hard to hide what was happening with my teeth um i would go to the dentist and she would say like what is going on with your teeth like they're like glass they're about to like basically break off and i just said i don't know i don't know i drink i eat candy you know and and but my mom i think knew um that there was something else but she still tells me to this day, like she didn't really know, like she was just kind of baffled, like what, what was this that was going on? And um, so I was in this life of hiding. I would wait till people left my house. Um, I couldn't wait to be alone. Everything was surrounded. Like, how can I get alone and be alone and find a bathroom that's, you know, no one's going to bother me. And how can I, it was like this secret life that I was living. And with that secret life, like I can't have close relationships because I, I just didn't, um, I just didn't have the capacity to be fully present in my life, even at my jobs and stuff. Um, so um, I 
would leave in high school every day after my fourth in my fourth hour after lunch. I remember it was my math class. I still remember the teacher. And I just wonder, like, was he, you know, like wondering like where I was going every single day, you know, and I would just um, I would be throwing up in public bathrooms. And um, that's what I did for a long time into college. I, did, I went to a big college. I had a a dorm room and um my best friend was my roommate and I would disappear after eating ungodly amounts in the cafeteria um later on she told me like I knew what you were doing because I would come back and I'd eat more and it was like just I was constantly eating and um you know my brother I remember this vividly at my house uh my brother came running out and screaming like there's throw up on the toilet like this is ridiculous well and I was just mortified like I was embarrassed but I denied it I denied everything I always denied it even though it was completely obvious and um it got really bad once I graduated college I decided you know I'm starting over I'm going to move to California it's going to be this new start Um, I'm not going to do this anymore. I mean, the methods I've tried, one method was a big, big move. I was, I moved across the country and I said, once I move from Michigan to California, which is basically the entire United States, I am going to be different. And once I get there, you know, I'm not going to be throwing up anymore. I packed um, like healthy food on my way out in my like cooler. And I just remember trying so hard to like be healthy and when I got to California, I couldn't handle like my emotions. I just couldn't deal. I didn't know how to deal. And I was back again, like throwing up in the toilet, um, in like a public bathroom on in Santa Barbara, downtown state street. Like I, that is a very popular tourist town. So it was like pretty gross um, what I was doing. And I found myself like I couldn't stop. And I think that's what was really baffling to me was like, I wanted to stop and I felt like I couldn't. And, um, and, you know, it was like just ruling my life. And so what happened was a friend who I was actually living with at the time, I, lived in a house full of 14 people in Santa Barbara. (laughs) Um, I rented a room. It was a place that I could afford. And um, so getting abstinent in a house full of 14 people is possible. I, but I, I ended up telling my friend who I lived with, like, I, I have a problem with food. Like I was being light about it, but I was like, yeah, I just like I'm overeating a lot. And she told me about Overeaters Anonymous and I was baffled. I had never heard of it. Um, She wasn't in, in it, but she told me about it. And I looked it up and there was a meeting that night. And I just remember having this moment of like, like willing to be honest. I don't know what it was, but in that moment, I, I called my mom and I was sobbing. The shades were drawn. I had wrappers all over and uh, I just like ran out of the house and my mom called me and meanwhile my mom's in Michigan and I was in California and I just was sobbing and I said you know I'm bulimic and like for the first time I started saying to people like what I was doing what I was honestly doing behind closed doors and 
I thought that was something that I would never share with anybody. And I had just this like willingness to be honest in that moment. And my mom was supportive. And um, I just said, you know, I'm going to go to this meeting. So I went to the meeting and I remember just sobbing through the whole first thing, like hearing people talking about food. Um, I didn't have a lot of weight to lose. Like I was, I've been, I've been up, I've been down, I've been healthy body weight, but I've been super thin and absolutely crazy, like completely crazy um, to the point where like I was starving myself. And, you know, because of that, like I said, like binging later on and just this roller coaster, like I was a basically a tornado like just anywhere I went just causing wreckage and um I mean it wasn't total wreckage but like I think about you know just how dishonest I was at work and like I couldn't wait to leave work to go you know get my fix anyways I went to OA I found a sponsor I really was like doing well honestly I um I called my sponsor every day. My sponsor only had a 5 a.m. time slot. So I called every morning, 5 a.m. Um, I sat at like the entranceway of my house so no one would hear me. And I remember this person that I lived with would leave, would walk by me like every morning. I don't know, like maybe go to work and probably was just like, what are you doing on the phone at five in the morning? But I just was willing to go to any length. Like this disease is horrible. It's, it's absolutely horrible. And it takes me to places where I don't want to be. And um, so I was willing and um, a couple, couple years almost went by. I was sponsoring. I was super active in the fellowship in Santa Barbara. And, um, and then I started um, getting resentments and not dealing with my mental state. Like I was, starting to be resentful at certain meetings and saying, you know, like just finding reasons to be upset. And I ruminated on those and I didn't see my part. I just thought other people were wrong. Um, and sure enough, I got this idea that like, it's not that big of a deal if I just have, you know, a little bit and, um, 10 minutes. Okay. Thanks so much. And so I added a little bit of what I thought was fine and I was completely off to the races. I was staying with my family in Oregon um, on a trip and I completely raided their entire kitchen in the middle of the night. I mean, just like ate so much stuff that they, I don't know, till this day, I wonder like, did they wake up and wonder where they're, they're I, I made amends. I can't remember if I... I don't know. I can't remember if I told them exactly what I did, but I did admit that I was, I think I did actually um, admitted that I like ate of all their food. And I just, um, I went back to Santa Barbara and I started again. I told my sponsees what happened. I went and I sobbed at my home group meeting. I was like devastated because I was like speaking at meetings. Like this disease is so baffling. Like I was like speaking to newcomers and stuff. And like, just then there I was again in relapse and um, it went to a new level of darkness. I, oh my gosh, it was so horrible. Like I thought I was going to die. I thought I was going to either die of like depression, anxiety, um, just this feeling of like hopelessness. And it was really hard to get back on track, but it took about, took a little while. I, I don't know, probably I, 
time during that time, I don't even know, maybe a week or a month, got back on. I got an, another sponsor to hear like a new new voice. And um, I worked the steps again, relapsed again, went back to step one, and then I worked them again. And um, what what that relapse did for me was I realized like, I do not have this. Like, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than anything that I can control. I'm totally powerless. I think it gave me like a new level of desperation. And um, although I, it was really difficult to go through, I know that I was willing to go to absolutely any length after that. And um, so I worked, I knew I was powerless. I knew there was something that could save me and um, I was willing to go to any length. And I was a little bit stuck um, thinking like, oh, I don't have a higher power good enough. Like I can't get past step two. And I remember thinking like, I don't know exactly what it is. So like, I, I, I don't know, I should just hang out here a little longer. And my sponsor at the time said like, all you need is just this willingness to believe that there's something greater than yourself. And And I remember that was all I needed. I was like, okay, well, I do have that. So let's just move on. And I was like scared. It was like I was just free falling and I didn't know, but I trusted. I trusted my sponsor. I trusted the people in the fellowship. I trusted God like just one day at a time. And one day at a time, I, you know, I would call her one day and I would talk about my feelings. And I was terrified. Like I was terrified working the steps. And then I started getting freedom, like on step four, I started looking at like, you know, doing my personal house cleaning and all these things that have ruled me in my life. And um, I started to see like, you know, where have I been at, at fault? And like, it was difficult to look at some family relationships that I had and like how I was wrong. And um, so I was willing to, I, I did my fourth step, did my fifth step. Um, I was willing to have God remove those things that I saw in my fifth or in my fourth step. And I was willing to make amends and like slowly, but surely I made my way through my amends, um, making some really difficult amends to like family that I was estranged from. Um, Let's see people that I've stolen from old previous bosses that I owed money to, um, just like a lot of a lot of things that were difficult, but ever, mostly they were like really supportive. And I just remember having like per, like like spiritual experiences as I was walking through those amends, like people that didn't I didn't expect to be so like loving and supportive were like, oh, I know this person in recovery or oh, I have a family member in recovery and just so um, so. I don't know, supportive of just trying to do the right thing. And this is when I realized like, if I need to stay, if in order for me to stay in recovery, I need to be living my life in the way that's like honest and sincere. And I never connected the two of like needing to do well in my life, like with other people in my relationships and be honest to like me staying sober with food. I never connected the two, but I started realizing that the way I behave in my life can cause like chaos. And then I have like high and low emotions where then I need to like eat or I can go to God and have like spiritual experiences and then not need the food. And 
Um, so I really started to see like that they were connected and someone taught me how to do a 10th step, like how to call someone and, you know, like instead of me being hungry, I was actually having a feeling. And so I started to learn like how to, how to admit when I was wrong. And, um, it says one of my favorite parts in the big book is when it talks about like, we have to, um, we have to like ask God throughout the day, like what we're supposed to, uh, like what, how we're supposed to behave. And, and if I fall short, then if I'm honestly sorry for what I've done and I'm willing to have God take me to better things, then I'll be forgiven. So, um, through recovery and in this last five years, I, I recovered, I, I took like, I don't know, a few months. I did the steps quick. Um, and then I've worked the steps since, and I've had a sponsor since. And today what it's like is I'm so grateful. I have an amazing sponsor who I call all the time and text all the time. Sometimes I'm like texting her again, but, um, I just, I don't know. I'm the type of person that just, I need to be honest with people. I need to have like the support and the fellowship and it's meant everything to have like this fellowship and like the family that I'm in, like my, um, sponsorship family. Um, I just, it's not something that I want to lose. Like, I don't, I don't want to lose that. And, um, I get choked up thinking about that because like I've found like really deep, special, meaningful relationships in OA that I didn't have before. And um, in this program, I learned what it's like to have a relationship. I got engaged. I got married. Um, I have a husband who has never seen me in my disease. Um, he sometimes can't believe that I was that person when I talk about certain things. Um I'm so excited to go to the birthday party. I can't wait to see everyone in person. Um, I, it's going to be like the first, I went when I lived in California. Oh, I moved back to Michigan from California. Um, I have a great relationship with my family who at certain times I was estranged from. Um, I'm an honest person at work. I'm going back to school. Um, there's just so many things that I've opened that my that God has opened up in my life because I'm not spending countless amount of hours and energy thinking about how I'm going to um, eat or not eat or exercise. And it's just like the food is neutral. Um, I'm making mistakes, but I admit them. Um it's been five and a half years. I cannot believe it. Like one day at a time. I read the Daily Reader this morning. It was, I think, the Daily Reflections. And it talks about like, it's just one day at a time. Like we can't carry the burden of our past and we can't worry about everything that's coming in the future. But we just, God gives us what we need to get through this day today. But if we're carrying the burden of our past, like, we can't expect God to remove all of that. Like we just need to live one day at a time. And I think that is helpful for me when I think about like things in my life that I have coming up that I'm worried about or um, things in my past that I am, you know, wishing I didn't do or wishing I, that were different. 
that was helpful for me to just know that God gives us what we need today. And um, yeah, I'm just so grateful. I was so nervous before here. And then I was like noticing that people are here that I know. And it's just so nice to, to not be living in the disease today. And I think that's all I have. I'm looking forward to hearing the rest of the people. And I am just so grateful. Thank you for being here today. And I love you all and I'll pass.